Welcome back to the Inner Network podcast, where I sit down with women and get candid about landing your dream career, mental health, and sustainability. If you're new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Kyla Kaplan, and today I'm joined by Lily Scott. Lily is the founder of Electra Collective a fitness community that was born during the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic lockdown. At that time, Lily was a top fitness instructor at Core Power Yoga and Equinox, as well as a full-time lawyer and lobbyist at a firm in Georgetown. She started teaching virtual classes on Zoom, and before she knew it, she'd built a community and decided to quit her firm and continue building her company. As always, I'll be leaving all of her links in the show notes, but in the meantime, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, Lily. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to have you on, quite literally the real life Elwoods turned Burke Wyndham. I saw that on your bio and I loved it. I'm a huge Legally Blonde fan. Same. Like, sadly, my Instagram name before I literally bought the Lily Scott handle. But before that, it was Legally Blonde. So I'm with you. I love that. Before we dive into talking about Electric Collective, I always love to ask my guests what they're most looking forward to this week. Ooh. I think it was this, but if that doesn't count as something I can look forward to, (laughs) um, I'm doing a Mother's Day in-person live class. So like a workout class on a roof and I'm asking my students to bring their moms. So I'm really excited to meet a bunch of different moms and I don't know, it's cool to know where your friends came from and like get a little deeper into their family. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody loves an outdoor workout. So Mother's Day outdoor workout. Honestly, what more can you ask for? That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Well, I'll have to come to Washington, D.C. one day. I'm excited to do one of your classes. But before we dive into Electric Collective, are you able to give us, you know, an introduction of yourself, your background and ultimately how you got started in your career? So I grew up in Massachusetts um, from a Jewish family, and basically everyone was either a doctor or a lawyer. So growing up, I sort of knew that was the expectation, but I'm really bad at science. So I thought I'd be a lawyer. (laughs) Throughout undergrad, that's what I had planned. Went to law school and really realized that I was just worried that I wasn't going in the right direction. And I think a lot of people in their 20s have that same worry or that little inkling, a little voice whispering in their head, like, what are you doing? (laughs) Is this exactly where you're supposed to be going? So um, all the while, I knew I loved fitness. And as I was broken down and worried that I wasn't smart enough, as I was getting really insecure about who I am, I started going to fitness classes more. And I really started relying with, on them when I had like my first ever real Elwood's experience where I had a professor who went up to me and said, I don't really look like I should be in law school and asked me why I was even there. That really broke me down and fitness was just my confidence crutch. Um, so the second year of law school, I decided to train to be an instructor while in school, always overfilling my plate 
And um, I really loved it. So once I graduated law school, got hired at a lobbying firm in DC, I knew I wanted to teach fitness as well. So I got hired at Core Power and at Equinox, working three jobs, having so much fun, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, um, knowing kind of in the back of my mind and in my heart that I'd really love to make the transition to full-time fitness if I could make it financially viable. Um, then COVID hit. My classes are a little different than other workout classes because it's not just about the physical. I sort of intersect the physical and mental health. So I knew that this was a really important time for me to keep doing what I'm doing. I had a lot of really loyal students in both the core power community and Equinox. So I started teaching virtually online, like so many people did on Zoom for free, told people about it on Instagram, had tiny little classes for my first couple of weeks, but they just blew up and um, it got to the point where I'd have 300 or more people in my Zoom at any one time, just wild coming in and, you know, getting through a really hard time together. And I never sort of do anything half. So I started with one class and went to two, three, four, five. It got to the point where I was working full-time, marketing myself for free for fitness classes and um, at my firm. So I decided to take a chance and um, start my own business, made a website, in a virtual paid platform in, in a month and just told my students, this is how it is now. And they were on board. So I quit my job at my firm after a month of trying the paid platform. And it's just been guns blazing ever since. Wow. I mean, in terms of the pandemic alone, everybody working from home is already having a hard time just working from home in itself. So that's super impressive that you were able to kind of balance the two and then ultimately, you know, take a leap of faith and really go after what you are passionate about and really believe in. Was there a moment in between, you know, that first few months while you did start your company that you really realized like this is something that I can do long term and I can actually, you know, make money and support myself from it? Like, was there ever that moment where it really just pushed you to quit your job and just to keep going? Yeah, it was in the first month. We, we did really well right out of the gates. I was really blessed to make a, make a pretty serious margin of profit in my first month. And um, my husband and I sat down and we just had this conversation. He's the spreadsheet guy. He's doing a lot of stuff in the background on the face. Um, and I said, look, you know, I, I can do both. I will be tired. I won't have any time for me, but I can do both. But it wouldn't be fair to my clients at the firm. And it wouldn't be super fair to my dreams because I kind of felt like my entire time when I was working in the law profession that I had one foot in that door, but I always had another foot in my dreams door. So I'm just spread legged, not really sturdy and strong in either place. And, you know, I think there comes a point when you have to understand that we only have so much time. And if you're spending a lot of time becoming an expert in something you don't want to be an expert in, you're also stealing time from yourself to be really good at the thing you want to do. And that's sort of where I was at. So, yeah, it was completely scary. And 
as a kid who always did what her parents wanted and who always wanted to be impressive and all those things to say goodbye to a very legitimate career and step into a space that's kind of still a mystery to a lot of people. It was really gutsy, but I thought to myself, it would be more scary to just keep living that lie. Like everyone was putting masks on during COVID, but I was wearing this mask for my entire twenties. Like, and now I'm 29. It was, you know, I was 28 at the time. I was like, I'm sick of wearing this mask of this person I'm not. So yeah, I had that moment right in the first month. It's like, you know what, we can do this. I'm going to do it. And it, I built a lot of trust with myself with passing the bar and going to law school and doing all those things that I knew if I really want something, I won't give up. So to have that truth that I hold so strong about who I am, it was really cool to say, okay, law school, passing the bar, being in the firm, it wasn't a waste of time because it built that truth for myself. So now I can step into my dreams knowing that when I wasn't even passionate about it, I could do it. So what's going to stop me now? Mm-hmm, exactly. And I think too, like you, you just mentioned, you know, with having your law degree and passing the bar, you know, that was a really great foundation for you, it seems to really just have a jumping off point. You know, it's, it wasn't a waste of time because like you mentioned, it did provide that truth um, and that level of trust in you. For those who aren't, you know, as familiar with Electric Collective, can you tell us a little bit more about the mission and the goals behind it? Yeah, for sure. So this platform was started kind of as a counterculture to a lot of the fitness brands that you've seen and love and are so great in so many ways. What I noticed working at Core Power Equinox, hanging out with people all across DC from different fitness families is that our students get really, really, really obsessed with um, the physical outcome and changing their bodies. And it's funny because every instructor who's working and like leading these groups, the reason why they're leading the groups isn't because they got abs and they like that. They love abs. Like we're leading these classes because we love the way fitness feels. Yet we're not really talking about it and we're not teaching people how to embrace the endorphins and how to look in the mirror and see this woman who or man or wherever you identify this person who's so dang strong and who shows up for themselves. It's like, you know, all of a sudden we just got lost in this winning and losing cycle where when we were little, we were taught to go play soccer. One person wins, one person loses. So you're moving around as a kid with this outcome that you need. You need to win. You need to play for the team. And then you get older. You're not on a team anymore. You're in college and you need to look good for the frat party or whatever that thing is that's motivating you to get to the gym. But the people who love fitness, like the 60 year olds who still have six packs, they don't do it Hopefully they're not doing that because of the six pack. They're doing it because they love movement. If you want to like consistently feel healthy and move, you've got to love the way it makes you feel. So why not build a community of people who say, let's, let's work out together because it makes us feel good. Regardless of the outcome physically, I want to feel strong. I want to feel empowered. I want to feel confident because confidence isn't a size. It isn't a bicep. It's a state of mind. So yeah, that's like, that was sort of the ground zone of what's Electric Collective. And 
I have some people on my platform who teach with me, but mostly it's me just jumping around. I'm actually in the studio right now. It's a 10 by 10 little room in my condo. Um, it's, it's really about helping people feel something different. Yeah. And I love what you're doing. And ultimately that's what I, that's why I wanted to have you on because you have such a different take on health and wellness and fitness. And like you mentioned, it's so easy for people to get lost in the journey of fitness. And you're kind of there to, you know, reel everybody back in and say, you know, the basis and the foundation of fitness is not, you know, the physical and the outer look of someone. And, you know, before we get into just more detailed questions about health and wellness, I'd love to ask you some fitness myths and questions that, you know, hopefully we can kind of like set the foundation in this conversation before we get into the details. But the first one is you need to lift heavy weights to build muscle. Well, first of all, before I answer these questions, I'm not a personal trainer. I'm group fitness trained. I'm not a nutritionist. I am definitely not a specialist in your body listener. So if you feel like you need specific help and guidance, please reach out to a personal trainer or a nutritionist or your doctor. But these are going to be my opinions on the matter based on basic science and things that I've studied, but there are always going to be different opinions. So for lifting heavy weights to build muscle, that's a myth. And this is why if you want to build physical muscle that you can see like bodybuilder muscle, yeah, heavy weights absolutely is going to help. But if you're trying to just get strong or toned, you don't need big heavy weights. You really don't. You can use your body weight. Push-ups are going to make a big difference in you getting stronger. I have these little weights right here in the corner. It's okay. We can build endurance. We can tone. Everyone's showing up to fitness for a different reason. And, you know, I, I really don't like the idea that there are any rules. Like if you're not if you're not lifting heavy weights, then you won't get strong is not a true statement. You can lift light weights. You can lift wine bottles. That's what I was doing at the beginning of the pandemic with my students. We were just using wine bottles, but you can get strong just lifting anything or nothing just by doing curls up and down with your hands open and really connecting your mind to muscle is going to strengthen your bicep. So myth. I think too, that's, having just your body weight some people like well a lot of people forget that and i think with you know fitness and the fitness journey they kind of get held back because they think they don't have the right equipment they don't have this they don't have that where you know in truth you really just only need your body weight for you know building a strong body um i love this next one because i always thought it was a must and that it was something that you needed to do so it's protein intake after a workout is a must. So I say myth, and this is why. You don't have to eat a dang thing. I know for me, when I have a really hard workout, I cannot eat right after. So what people will tell you, the rule is supposedly that you have to have protein within 30 minutes after your, your hard, tough workout. And it's true that having protein after a hard, tough workout will help your muscles recover faster and it will help your muscles get stronger faster, right? But that doesn't mean you have to do it. This is another one of those things where it's like these crazy rules that often make people 
like give people an excuse not to work out more than empower people to. Mm-hmm. Yes, it will help you recover. I know for me, if I if I would only drink a protein shake after all the workouts I teach a day, I would probably be a lot less sore. But I don't do that because it doesn't work for my body. I'm not hungry after I work out, period. So yeah, it could. I mean, for both of those two questions, yes, it will increase your success of gaining physical muscle that people will see sooner. Like you'll do that sooner, but that doesn't mean you have to do it. Like it's all through the perspective of fitness being about changing your physique, which it doesn't have to be. Yeah, absolutely. The next one is you should focus on a specific part of the body each day versus full body days. Oh, myth, myth, myth. I get it. I understand. (laughs) And there's for sure science behind it. Basically, what that myth is trying to tell you is that your muscles need breaks. And that's 100% true. Like if you work out your upper body really hard on Monday, the best workout for you on Tuesday isn't going to be the same exact workout because your muscles need time to recover so they can grow and get stronger. That's a fact. That's science. But here's another truth that I think is just as important. If you hate working out your lower body and it's going to discourage you from moving, and if working out your upper body makes you feel really good and you want to do that four times a week because it makes you feel happy, then, you know, do what feels right for you, like honor your body and also honor your mental state. I do not agree with the idea that you should work out and do something you hate. You are an adult person. You already have to go to work. You already have to pay your bills. You already have to call your grandparents. You already have to do things that you might not want to do. Take your dogs on walk, clean the bathroom. Like fitness should be something that you enjoy. You should look forward to it every day. And if you're not, then honey, you're in charge. You're a grown up. Change the rules. You don't have to listen to what other people are saying. And I think a big one is that people who love soul cycle or who love like 305 fitness, dance cardio, they feel like, you know, they might be scoffed at from the rest of the fitness community because they do the same full body workout multiple times a week. But if that's, if that's your sanctuary, that's your happy place. As long as you're not hurting yourself physically, go do what makes you happy. You're a grown up. You you deserve some time for you. So that's why I think it's a myth. <laughs> and I've heard that before where, you know, people are ashamed of going to soul cycle, going to spin class. And like you mentioned, like I go, you know, to spin class because it makes me feel good of just being there, being at the community, not necessarily to, you know, to do all these things that are in the rule book that people Um, have. So I think that's really important to listen to your body and really just do what's best for you at the end of the day. And I think a lot of people forget that this rule book that you're hearing, like it was created, like the rules that you're hearing are like really, really distilled, filtered out rules from like Olympic athletes and (laughs) bodybuilders and like people trying to walk the runway but that's not the normal person. Like not that many people I know are trying to be in the Olympics. You are not trying to be the strongest person in the world and get a gold medal for it. You are trying to get by in your crazy life 
and have something that makes your life a little better. So just screw the rules. Like you make the rules. It's your body. It's your mental health. Do what feels right for you. Do it in a safe way. Like please stretch, rule, stretch. But like other than that, <laughs> you don't need to, you don't need to joke chug muscle milk after your spin class or it won't count. Of course it counts. You had fun. It counts. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, the last one, which is my favorite because I already know the answer is healthy and strong looks the same on everyone. Myth, 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 myth for the person <laughs> in the back. Myth. Look it. <laughs> I know if we all close our eyes and I said, picture someone really, really strong, maybe you'd pitch, picture like Arnold Schwarzenegger or someone with these muscles that are popping out of their skin. But there's a lot of science to prove that those people aren't actually the strongest people. Your body needs fat. Your body needs fat. That is not the enemy. Your body needs fat to be strong so it can function in a high performing way. Okay, so if you are seeking this low fat muscle popped physique, first of all, you're allowed to do whatever you want. It's your body. Those are your goals. But just know that when you see those people walking down the street and it makes you feel inferior because you feel like they're stronger than you, honey, big breath. They're not stronger than you. Their strength has nothing to do with yours. And it's okay to have fat to be strong and function. I know for me, teaching fitness, working out three times a day, I absolutely could not eat in a cutting diet that would make my muscles pop. Like I cannot focus on trying to look like Kendall Jenner. I can't. Because if I did that, then I wouldn't be able to show up and be my strong, inspiring self for the people who rely on me. So for me... Like eating more calories makes me stronger. So just remember that because we cannot judge people based on what they look like if they're strong or not. Like, what's the point of that anyway? Just focus on you, loving yourself, eating healthy so you're not dizzy. Like the strongest I ever looked was for sure one of the weakest moments of my life. It was me walking down the aisle for my wedding. I was, I think like 30 pounds less than what I weigh today. And I worked out at, like almost every day. I look snatched, like call, call style magazine, like call Cosmo. This girl is snatched. Her obliques are on fire. But if you ask me to teach three workout classes to do three classes at that level of like, of hunger, absolutely not. I would have fainted. So that's such a myth. Please delete that please delete it from your brains. <laughs> and it just goes to show as well, you know, you don't know what people are going through. They could be, like you said, so strong, so like shredded, but they're not happy or they're not, you know, whatever it may be. So you really just don't know what people are going through, which is important to always think about. And to like catch yourself when you see a friend who's lost a lot of weight or who looks really, really, really chiseled or whatever, catch yourself in that moment. Cause I know you want to say you look amazing right now, but you don't know if by saying you look amazing, you're actually driving home an eating disorder or something that's going on that's negative in, with them. A lot of people lose weight, they get to a healthy place and then they keep going, which has happened to me multiple times. I've had 
I've, I've gone through my fair share of eating disordered and disordered thinking around food. And I just know that if we can always compliment our friends based on how they make us feel and how Mm -hmm. awesome they are. And if you see a change, I always say, you seem really confident, like, where's that coming from? Um, or something like that, like try to direct it to the way that they're embodying themselves as opposed to, you know, trying to make people feel amazing that they lost 10 pounds. Maybe they were sick and they'll gain it in two weeks. And they'll remember that you said that they looked way better 10 pounds ago. So I try to keep my compliments away from body. Mm -hmm. And that's important because I know, you know, some people don't really catch themselves when they do make those comments, I think with, and they're just trying to, you're just trying to be nice. Yeah, exactly. And with Instagram too, I think that's so important to, keep in mind because it's so easy for you to comment on your girlfriend's picture and say, wow, you look unreal. You look amazing. But taking into consideration what you said is important. Yeah. Whenever I see like my friend in a bikini picture, instead of doing just fire emoji or like you are so hot and like, girl, I'm living for your confidence. Or it's like you are slaying on the beach, like (laughs) going back to like their psyche because you don't have to be a, you don't have to be low fat. You don't have to be on the cover of a magazine to slay a bikini. And like, if you can, if you can just bring them back to their confidence, I think, I think that you're just doing a great job as a friend. Mm -hmm, Exactly. I love those. And I'm going to use those on my next Instagram comment. (laughs) When I post a bikini pic, you got to be like, yes, girl. (laughs) Yes, I'm waiting for that. I'm definitely posting that on yours. Um, I want to get into habits because it's so important to have habits, you know, healthy ones and I I love the book Atomic Habits by I believe it's by James Clear. It's a really great book. It's sitting by my bed to read. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It's I honestly highly recommend it to everyone because it just goes to show what's behind a habit and how you are able to build among, you know, small habits that you might not even realize but are actually really affecting your overall life. But in terms of building a consistent habit what advice do you have for, you know, someone that's really struggling to you know whether it's fitness, whether it's just wellness in general, have a consistent habit for themselves and they often find themselves, you know, going off of track of their ultimate goal. What advice do you have for somebody like that? I have two different things. So the one is that you have, when it comes to wellness, we sort of think about it as like a shot that you get at the doctors or taking vitamins or some, or eating broccoli. Okay. And you know, you're supposed to eat broccoli, but are you looking forward to eating broccoli for dinner? Probably not. And that's sort of how we think of wellness. Things that are good for us aren't things that we like, but if you can find a way to move or a food to eat that makes you feel really, really good, you're going to get into the habit of eating it more. And the analogy I like to make is think about like going out to brunch. You don't choose to go out to brunch with people you don't like, right? Like you go out to brunch or dinner with people who you love to be around. Like when you're making conscious choices to do things over and over again, oftentimes it's things you like. So when it comes to fitness, if you're forcing yourself to go to a fitness class that makes you feel like crap, maybe the instructor is making you feel like 
you're not strong, then maybe they're making you feel bad for taking breaks, or maybe it's just not your movement. Like if you don't like dancing, why are you going to a dance? Why are you going to Zumba, honey? Like you don't need to go there. Like no one's forcing you. So my one thing is like reframe wellness instead of it being that broccoli that you're supposed to eat at dinner, like picture it as the cupcake that you get to do because every single time that you commit to moving your body or eating something that's healthy and makes you feel good. Like that's a self, that's an act of self-love and there's not enough self-love to go around. It feels lately. So just one reframe it fitness movement, all of those beautiful things are self-love. And I always like to picture them as like that cupcake sitting on your counter that you're thinking about all day long. It's like, I can't wait to eat that cupcake. Is it, is it after dinner yet? I want to eat the cupcake. So first of all, let wellness be a cupcake, not broccoli. And the other one is, and my other big piece of advice is to lose the guilt, lose the guilt, because I know that a lot of people, when it comes to fitness, They'll feel really good and they'll be on track and then they won't work out one day when they're, when they had planned to, and it turns into two days and it turns into three days and they start to get really mean to themselves. It's okay when you're building a habit to take some time off. Sometimes your body needs a break, like period. Sometimes work gets in the way, but don't be, don't beat yourself up about it. You know, just say, okay, tomorrow's a new day and I'm going to get right back onto it. Like we don't need to be in the cycle of binge dieting where you're eating really, really healthy and then you fall off the wagon and you're mean to yourself and then you go back and forth. Just eat pretty healthy. Just move as much as you can in the week. Like let's lose the guilt of it all because when you feel guilty, you're associating it with something negative. And you shouldn't feel guilty. We're all human. And, you know, some days are easier than others to move. And, you know, it's okay to show up to a workout and only go 50% hard instead of all out 100%. Um, It's okay to go at 12%. Literally, you can just show up to a workout or walk outside and do something to stay consistent when it comes to wellness. Like, just do a little. If you went crazy for breakfast and you had, like, more pancakes than you thought you should big breath the day isn't ruined the week isn't ruined you aren't bad no guilt just eat something healthy at lunch that makes you feel good you know like we can lose the guilt and you know that's super important because I feel like you know when you do get into that state where you want to push yourself and you have this momentum sometimes it is difficult to take a step back and realize that you do need to give your body a break. Like you mentioned, it's super important. So what advice do you have for really just identifying that your body needs a rest day and really just listening to your body when that situation does come up? Because it does and it's normal. Yeah. So I think that the big thing is to set these non-negotiables with yourself. Ashley Graham, a plus size model, she actually posted about this. And I was like, yes, yes, Ashley. Yes, girl. But like every single day we have to wake up with some non-negotiables, right? Like one non-negotiable for you should always be that I'm going to listen to my body and honor it. And some days you're not going to want to shut your laptop and go do your workout or quit your applications and go to your Zoom workout with me (laughs) because (laughs) because you're feeling overwhelmed or your mind's tired or you just kind of don't feel like moving. 
you know, you know, when you're lethargic and you just don't really want to do something, but you probably should like those days you should go to your workout, but on the days that you're really sore, when it like hurts to walk up the stairs, if it's hurting to sit down to go to the bathroom, like, you know, when, when sitting on the toilet feels like a squat and you're like, I'm, I can't do it. I can't get up. I'm going to be here forever. I'm on a throne for the rest of my life. You know, it's okay to take those days off. It's okay to like go on a walk on those days and stretch or get your foam roller out. If you wake up in the morning and you are absolutely dreading going to your workout class that night or whenever you usually work out, don't do it. Don't go because you're not building trust with yourself that way. And it's not an act of self-love if you're forcing yourself to do something you really, really, really can't or don't want to do. But also you can build trust with yourself by saying, okay, today I'm waking up and I don't have a lot of energy and I'm feeling pretty sore. I'm going to build trust with myself by showing up to that fitness class because I told myself I would. And I'm just going to take a million breaks and I'm, I'm going to take the option to do the easier thing today. It's okay to not go all out. Like, I can't stress this enough. One workout where you burn 800 calories, but you're limping around for the rest of the week, I would argue isn't as valuable as doing five workouts that make you feel really good and strong and you feel successful when you leave and you burn 300 calories. You know, that's still 300 times five versus 800 times one. Really bad at math, remember? But that, those, those 300 calorie little workouts, they add up to be more. And I guess the point is only you know your body, but you also know when you just don't feel like it or when your body's really, really exhausted. Like if you're falling asleep at work all day, go to bed early, recover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's important not to shame, like not to shame yourself because so many people can shame you or you think, you know, you're looking at other people and thinking that they're thinking about you. But at the end of the day, it's your truth in terms of how you're feeling, which kind of brings me to my next point, because you did touch on it a little bit in terms of going to your workout class and maybe not feeling 100%. But I feel like in those situations, some people could feel discouraged or even ashamed that, you know, they're doing the easier workout or maybe they're taking a break. So, you know, if you do go to a class that maybe you're afraid, if that's the case, like what advice do you have for that scenario? Because I know I've been in that where I've been in span and everybody's doing like, they're going up and down and they're tapping. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do like a tap. And uh, so I know it's a little bit easier in those scenarios if it's inside because it's dark and no one can see you. But for cases where it's outside, everyone can see you. What advice do you have? Well, first of all, there will be instructors who make space for you to feel comfortable. Like at the beginning of every single class, I tell people you made it to your mat or your bike or wherever you are. The hardest part was getting here. Just understand that this is your first of so many victories. And whatever happens in this journey, in this 30 minutes, 45 minutes, 50 minutes is yours. And no one's going to judge you. Look, I know it's so easy to get caught up in this idea that everyone's watching you on your bike, especially at SoulCycle when everyone's cruising to the beat. Sure, maybe someone's Mm -hmm. upset with you that you're not on beat for the sprint, 
But you know what? They have no idea how many times you worked out that week, do they? They don't know where you've been. They don't know if you pulled an all-nighter two nights ago for your boss. They have no idea. And you didn't show up to work out for that person or impress that person, right? Like you showed up to feel good. This is your space. And if, if that's affecting them, then, you know, that's them. But you, you deserve to feel good in that time. And if that means you take breaks, please know that that's an act of strength. It's a total act of strength and bravery to pull back, to do something against what the group is doing, because that's right for your body. I know I went to this, I went to a a cycling class for my um, best friend's bachelorette, and I had pulled out my quad from a workout two days ago, but I really wanted to be there. First of all, I paid like $60 and that wasn't getting a refund, but I wanted to, you know, I still wanted to be in the room. And so I am a fitness instructor at Equinox. Like I have this identity of like, I'm great at fitness classes and I had to absolutely honor my body. I was pedaling so slow while they were doing it to the beat. And I thought to myself, wow, I am so glad that I'm here right now in this moment because this is the, this is the hardest class I've ever been in because I have to honor my body more than I want to honor my ego. And like, you always have permission. You always have permission, whether you're an instructor or maybe you're working out with by yourself. Like you always have permission to pull back. You always have permission to honor your energy stores. Always, always, always. Because movement is for you. It's not to show up for anyone else. So I know it's scary. <laughs> I've been there, especially in DC when people know I'm a fitness instructor. I'll walk, I will, you know, I started doing Barry's boot camp right before COVID hit. And I'm like, I need to show up because people know who I am. It's like, honey, girl, sis, no one's no one cares what you're doing as much as you think. No one. So just honor your body, build that trust, build that love, like let that be a huge act of strength. Don't perceive it as weakness because it's not. Yeah. And that takes so much more strength to. So much more courage. And courage to accept that and to be okay with that. So I love that um, because I know it's so easy to really just get down that hole of everybody's watching me. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then hating it. And like maybe you would have loved the class, but you got so in your head about people probably thinking you're not so strong that you didn't like it. Like, again, you are a grown up and you get to do things that you like. This is your time to do things you like. So we've got to reframe it because it's, you know, people aren't looking in the mirror, sizing you up and deciding how strong you are or not. And you're not trying to get to the Olympics. This is not tryouts. This is you having a good time after work. You had a long day and you're just trying to feel good. Mm -hmm. I'm not paying $30 for a spin class just to hate it. So, (laughs) or you're not paying $30 for a spin class to pull out your leg. So Ashley (laughs) in the front right corner doesn't think you're weak. Like who cares? You know, Mm -hmm. exactly. I know the pressure. Like I'm not trying to belittle the pressure because I've been there. Equinox is super high pressure in that way. And people define themselves as a back row person because they take breaks. Like, honey, go to the front row. You will inspire more people by taking breaks than anything else. I hate that whole hierarchy of like front row, back row, middle row. Like who cares? Everybody's doing 
everybody's doing the same class as you. It's, you're not better than anybody else. So we could do this forever. Oh, I could go just, we could die on this hill. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I want to get into wellness because that's super important to me. It's super important to you. And I'd love to know what wellness means to you and how you practice it. That is such I feel a, like that's such a loaded question, yeah, but I think it's such an, an important question with everything that's gone on in the past year and a half, because I think wellness took so many different forms when it comes to nutrition, eating well to help you feel okay. But like really mental health is where I hone in on my wellness. Um, you know, people journal, people ask for help and, those were things I really wasn't doing before COVID hit. I was sort of, I mean, not sort of, I was depressed. I was high functioning, positive sunshine. When I left the condo, but I'd get home and I would just cry. I was so depleted of my energy resource and my joy resource that by the time I got home and I, you know, show up for my, my puppies and my husband, I was just like the shell of a lil. <laughs> um, and so I, COVID was a really interesting time because anxiety was just up. And um, also the gratitude of being alive was really present for me. So I wanted to learn, like, how do I find contentment in my everyday? Um, there, I've always, like I told you at the beginning, like, I've always had this like need to be impressive and this need to do more, be more like never enoughness has been part of who I am for my whole life. And I really, I really have been pulling back every single year. I set an intention, like a one word thing that I'm striving for. Um, and my word is contentment, like that ability to be joyful in your day. Um, and that it's to be content in today doesn't mean that I'm not hoping for a better tomorrow, but it means, you know, what? today was exactly good enough. So my wellness practices have really been centered around that, that searching of contentment and a big, I feel like no one talks about this, but the word no has been a huge act of wellness for me saying no to things that I really don't want to do, especially now that I'm my own boss and no one can make me do it but me. So I used to teach class in the morning and I hated teaching class in the morning. <laughs> my body was just so tired during the day. It was really hard to be the founder and operator of a business when I was exhausted, waking up at 5 a.m. to teach a 6 a.m. class and then teaching late night. So I say no to those things. I, I'm not afraid of saying no anymore. And I think that's a huge Thing in my wellness routine. Another thing I do is I try to get to bed on time. I have a nighttime routine that it's pretty aggressive, um, <laughs> but it includes candles. And, you know, if you can find an object or like an outside thing that brings you peace and Zen and calms you down, whether that's candles or maybe it's listening to some sort of music or calling your mom I don't know, whatever that Zen is, if you can find it and then work it into your everyday, that's been really helpful for me. So there's candles everywhere around my house. I try to eat as healthy as I can, cup of water in the morning with lemon um, and taking my dogs on walks. And I try to just like, you know, we take pictures of what things look like, but I try to do my best to take pictures of what things feel like when I'm in a really good place 
because I'm really up and down even to this day. I just hired a therapist. Like I'm really working on zenning myself and finding that contentment. But if I have a really good moment, like big breath and like take a mental photo of it so we can go back. Another thing I've been doing is reframing my memories as like YouTube videos. I think a lot of the time we replay the bad stuff of our lives. Um, And if you ever have watched a video on YouTube, you know that like when you watch something, the side panel will automatically play the next thing that's sort of related to it. So if you're replaying a negative memory, you're sort of just like pulling up a new negative memory to replay after it. And then it's just like this long line of negativity. So I try to just replay the good stuff as much as I can and um, ground myself out in gratitude. Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Because I think too, it's so different for, for every person on what works for them. And like you mentioned, you know, you have a night routine that you love and that's something that you always do that makes you happy. But for others, it could just be, you know, going outside or maybe watching a movie or, you know, it depends. It depends on the person and there's no right or wrong. And it's always good to have trial and error on, you know, what works for you. I think for me personally, I really try to incorporate like meditation into my day. And I think when it comes to doing that, there's this um, level of, I guess, anxiousness with me because I'm, I feel like I have to meditate every morning, every night or whatever other people say, but it really is just what works for you. So in terms of incorporating mindfulness and meditation into workouts, what advice do you have on that? And how have you seen that really play a positive in your life? Girl, this is what changed fitness for me. This is what helped me understand that movement wasn't about editing my body. Like I grew up as I'm one of four girls and I grew up as the only chubby kid in my family. So like fitness was always to get myself to look like my sisters um, and to be smaller. Um, And then I had that breakthrough moment when I was working out my second year of law school and they asked us to set an intention at the beginning of every class. And so many times you've had that in yoga, or if you go to core power yoga sculpt classes um, and your instructor will give you an intention. They'll give you something to mentally hold on to. And that's amazing and super inspiring. But my breakthrough moment was when I when I asked myself, well, what, what do I need to work on on this mat today? And my instructor would set her intention and I would totally zone her out. And at the beginning of every workout, I would just like think, what are you working on today? Like what effed with your mind today (laughs) that you need to leave on your mat? Um, And going through law school, it was a lot of like, I don't feel like I'm good enough or I feel like this is too hard and I just can't do it. And so if I walked to my, I walked onto my mat to that fitness class thinking, I feel defeated, like I can't do anything, then I'd set the intention to the opposite. Um, so it's like, I use fitness as a way to like mentally check in with myself. Like, how you doing? What's going wrong? Let's fix it. So like, if you're feeling defeated, why not show up to your mat and say, I've got this. 
like a tiny little phrase. And then throughout the class, just repeat it to yourself. I've got this. When it starts to get really hard, when mountain climbers feel like they're going forever and you're actually mountain climbing Everest, telling yourself, I got this. For me, the meditation and the mindfulness came with the movement. Like when you get so tired that you can't think about your problems anymore and all you can hold on to is that tiny little phrase that you told yourself at the beginning of class to help you with stuff not even on your mat anymore, but that's all you can think of because you're so dang tired. It sort of gets like imprinted in your mind and it doesn't work at first. Like anything, you know, with meditation, you don't just... It's not Amazon Prime. You don't do it for two days and then you get what you want. It takes time. It takes repetition. It takes commitment. So, you know, for me, it was working in what what's mentally going on with the movement and then responding to what's going on off the mat, on the mat, and then finding the strength there and then taking it with me. I used to cry every single class, like put a towel over my face at core power yoga, sobbing silently (laughs) next to strangers. And I'd say, look, babe, you've got as long as this song to feel bad for yourself. You can cry and you can feel. People didn't believe in you. That professor legally blonded you, cry about it. But once you get off this mat, you're wiping your face with that towel and you're leaving your tears in that towel you are moving forward because you know those people don't define you. You know your worst day doesn't define you. Whatever that thing is that you're working through doesn't define you. What you do right after is what defines you. How you show up for yourself is what defines you. I want to get into just a little bit of the meditation aspect because I think it differs with every person. You know, there's different forms of meditation. There's journal meditation or, you know, the ones that you see like on the app. And there's just other ones that you know, work for other people, but in terms of what works for you, what is your favorite form of meditation? Is it journaling? Is it just sitting and thinking about you, like your intentions, like you mentioned, or is there a medium that you really like? Um, I know there's like some of those apps. So I'd love to know what works for you and what you love. Uh, Well, I am not a everyday meditator in the sense that everyone else does it. Like I'm not sitting down and breathing on it, like sitting on a pillow or anything like that. I always reflect. I'm always thinking or like I'll have quiet moments to create my intention. But something that I really like is breath work. I have it on my platform. I have have a person who teaches it. Breathwork is my favorite way to break through if I really, really, really am working on something. It was actually a huge component of what gave me the bravery to start my platform. And what I like about it is it's super active. As you might've noticed, pretty big person. I like to be moving around. I like to just like be vibrant and present and active. So sitting and like being in my own mind space, I've tried the apps. Like it's just not my, not my thing yet. Maybe it will be soon. Um, so I like breath work because it's really active. You're doing two big inhales and huge exhale out. And it, you sort of find yourself after, you know, 20 minutes in a different world where you're sort of like playing in your psyche and your brain and your power. And I've had a lot of really interesting relevations through breath work. 
It's not something I do every day. It would probably be better if I did, but um, whenever I do it, I feel like this is home. Like this feels really, really good. So I wish I was more medit. I wish I had more meditation. I know you and Brooke are really good with it and probably help me. But um, for me, it's really the fitness is is my mental escape and like where I feel where I feel like I'm finding my clarity. Right. And it's whatever what works for you. Like you mentioned breath work and, you know, for me, it might be journal meditation. So it's I love that, you know, if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. And you don't have to fit the mold of everybody else out there. You know, I, I always love to end things off with a pinch me moment. And I feel like, you know, starting your company is probably one of the biggest pinch me moments for you. But um, I'd love to know what that's been for you and how that's made you feel during that moment. I definitely had a lot. I guess my most recent pinch me moment was last week when I did my first in-person class since I started this platform. I did it on the roof and a bunch of students who've been working out with me since the start of the pandemic um, came out and I got to meet them in person. And it was a really surreal moment to see this like online community of people who really got through hard times together meet each other for the first time and talk about each other's bedrooms and um, the wallpaper in your room and oh you work out so close to your bed I'm always worried you're gonna hit your toe it I last week when all of them are talking and um just laughing about inside jokes that we made on the internet it really it was a pinch me moment and in so many of the different values that I've really been preaching and holding on to but one is that we're so much more than what we look like and I think a lot of the times people think if it's not in person it's not real but our we were still able to share our souls and who we are during the pandemic when we made friends on the internet and on zoom like you and I like I know your soul you know my soul now I don't know how tall you are though (laughs) and that's okay and like the pinch me moment was that you know people really are so much more than what they physically look like and that we can form these really strong and beautiful connections that empower each other without ever seeing each other in person, without ever shaking someone's hand. It made me feel like, okay, all those days that you were fretting and overanalyzing yourself and worried that you weren't doing it right, like you were right. Like you, your instinct was right on. And yeah, there are a lot of people in the fitness industry who are beautiful and who've been doing it longer and who have great certifications. But in that moment, I was like, I'm so, so glad that I didn't let the fact that there are other people who are better, who I've perceived as better than me, stop me from chasing this dream because I really changed people's lives. And that's a really cool feeling. Yeah. And that just goes to show, you know, how strong community is. And your community, especially being able to make and form those connections, you know, throughout the pandemic, throughout probably some of the hardest, you know, years and months of everyone's lives, they were able to have that 
escape in that comfortable space. So I really love that. And that's an awesome pinch me moment. And I'm just so happy for you and for your business. And I can always just tell whenever I speak to people um, that just the level of passion and the level of drive and happiness that comes from them just speaking about their business or, you know, whatever endeavor they're, they're talking about. So the last question that I just had for you was the best piece of advice that you've been given, because I think it's so important to, you know, just reflect on mentors and supporters that you've had. And because a lot of people play big roles in people's lives. So I'd love to know what that's been for you and what you've continued to take with you um, throughout your journey. I've gotten so many great pieces of advice along this path of mine, but I think right now what's coming to my heart is this really sweet email that my dad sent me tearing up a little people. (laughs) Um, It was a couple months ago and he just said, it's okay if no one believes that you can do something because you're not trying to do something to prove to anyone that you can. If you're really passionate about your dream, then do it for you. You'll never fail at anything that you really care about by trying. You'll learn so much about yourself along the way. His email said, no matter what happens, you've got to be proud of that. Like if you can wake up knowing that you're doing what you really love, then you should be the proudest person in the world of who you are. I think that's so important and beautiful. And in a world where image and expectations is just pressed on us, I feel really proud to have the voice of reason saying, be brave enough to be yourself. And that's what I've been doing. I will never fail because every day I'm just doing what I love and being myself. But it would have been an absolute failure if I stayed at that law firm, miserable, wasting my time. So I really appreciate that advice. Yeah. And I love that. And you were, oh my gosh, I was so close to just tearing up from. <laughs> Should we that just it? start crying now? <laughs> Let's just cry together, watch Legally Blonde. Little <laughs> Lifetime movies. Yeah. Well, Ed and Jerry's in tears. <laughs> Well, I think that's going to be now, if anyone asks me that, that's going to be the best advice that I've been given because that's so true. And I really love that. And I just wanted to sincerely just tell you how thankful I am for you coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I just love what you stand for. So thank you so much. It was truly an honor to get to hang out with you and to talk to your community. I'm sending all of them love right now. And I hope y'all all know that you are completely beautiful exactly the way you are. You are so much more than what you look like.